You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. The war in Ukraine, one year in, no end in sight. A horrible situation. Next horrible situation, East Palestine, Ohio. The federal government blowing off its responsibilities in that environmental catastrophe. How about the crime wave that continues to grip America? Good luck going into any urban center these days. Or all of the drag queens who want to dance with children, America and the world in total crisis. Yet everybody blew off those crises to focus on this weirdo, <laughs> him. Uh, his name, I think, is Murtoff. I guess he's a lawyer from South Carolina. And again, and again, <laughs> today, every network in the universe listened to what this guy had to say. Uh, he's accused of killing his wife and son, I believe. It's a terrible case, right? All right. I mean, these things are tragedies. I don't want anybody to be killed by anybody. But these things do happen. I don't know if he's guilty. I don't know if he's innocent. I guess a jury will, will figure that out. Um, I'm sorry, but we should not be watching this stuff 24-7. You wait for Friday night for them to do it on Dateline. By the time the news got to Detective John Short, uniformed cops had strung up their yellow tape, were taking their pictures. What did they see? It was obvious to them at that point that this was a homicide. The medical examiner arrived. That's her there, sitting on the left. Yeah, Dateline, with that guy with the interesting voice. Fridays, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Knock yourselves out with the true crime. I like true crime on Dateline or Netflix, some documentary. Not during the day, not, at, not when we have so many other things going. And this guy, I'm sorry, he just is just not a big deal. 2021. All right. Do I seem insensitive about the, the dead woman and the dead uh, young man? 2021, how many people were killed? That's when that happened in September 2020. There were 26,000 other homicides that year. We're going to focus on this one. We're going to focus on this one. What about, I don't know. I, I, I just, okay, it's bad, I guess. It is, it is. But aren't these children? Isn't this bad? I mean, when kids are shot, often by other children? This is happening in America. Can I see that family from South Carolina one more time? There is something a little bit strange going on here. Because, you know, the culture has been telling us that anything involving white victims is somehow irrelevant and it's virtue signaling or 
I don't know, being snobby. And we're not supposed to do that anymore. Have you heard stuff like this? Missing white woman syndrome. Missing white woman syndrome. Missing white woman syndrome. Missing white woman syndrome. Yeah, they really frown upon it when you talk about female white victims of crimes. They don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, I will, because it's really happening, especially in schools. Just over the past couple of days, have you seen some of this stuff? This teacher's aide down in Florida, assaulted by a 17-year-old. Uh, that 17, oh my gosh, look at this. He's, he kicks, he pounds her head for about two minutes straight. That 17-year-old is six foot five inches tall and 270 pounds. He's in jail right now. Uh, I don't know if that woman's going to live, do you? Uh, next, we have another situation. A teacher happens to be white, uh, beat up by, well, a person of color in a classroom. And I don't know if her life is ever going to be normal again. But again, you don't, we don't want to talk about white victims because, uh, well, because, right? Because they're Karens. Let's see. I th there's another one that really got my attention. Oh, you may have, this is a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, this happened. I wonder if any of these assailants have been listening to what's in the air lately when it comes to race. What's in the air when it comes to America and its history and slavery and white supremacy, right? You hear that fake news over and over again. Maybe you start to believe it. And maybe, maybe you take it out on people who don't look like you. It's kind of logical in a weird way. How do these news executives make their decisions? I, the, what goes it, through, what, what is the decision-making process? Well, here's a portion of it. I know this happens. I've worked at some of those fake news places. Uh, does the story hurt Trump? Yes, that means it's a good story. Uh, does the story help Biden? If the answer is yes, that's a good story. We're going to run with it. Uh, this is, the equations are really this simple. Does it help Trump? Yes, then it's not a story. No story. Okay, don't cover it. Let's see. Does it hurt Biden? Yes. No story. We're not going to cover it. And uh, often, identity politics is seen as hurting Trump, helping Biden, because he's all about dividing us. That's why we're seeing the news presented in the way it's being presented and what's being covered and what's not being covered. I will admit, with this trial on all day long, it kind of sucked me in just a little bit. Murtoff, that's his name, right? Accused of murder. Got to tell you, on the witness stand, he's pretty good. I don't know all the facts. I don't know all the ins and outs. Nobody else does either. I mean, the trial's been going on for a month already. Uh, watch this. I think the prosecutor, I didn't see him scoring too many points today. Told them all this new story that you've constructed in light of this trial. Is that correct? I did not tell them that I went to the kennel. I lied about that. And at the same time, you also looked at this jury and tried to tell them that you had been cooperative in this investigation. Uh, other than lying to them about going to the kennel, I was cooperative in every aspect of this investigation. Very cooperative, except for maybe the most important fact of all, that you were at the murder scene with the victims just minutes before they died. Right? I did not tell them that I went to the kennel. Wow. You know, 
that he acknowledges that he lied and also the prosecutor walking back and forth, kind of like they do in the movies. I've never seen that in a real trial. It's kind of interesting, but it is silly, even though it's entertaining. It is silly to put this on every channel all day long. Uh, but then again, America has become a very silly place full of distractions, full of legal distractions. Have at it. Yeah. Smoke dope. I mean, don't you know, it's uh, it's medicinal. It'll help you. It won't, but that's the word. How about all the fabulous TV shows, right? You got the you got the cable news, you got the crummy TV shows at night, you got uh, reality TV. We're hooked. Uh, ooh, and we have celebrity worship. That's Kim Kardashian with Ray J. You know what made her career? Why she's a billionaire today? Uh, because a porno tape came out with her and that guy. That's the kind of country we are right now, huh? Hmm. How about faith? When does anybody talk about that? On Sunday mornings. And if we hear you talking about it outside of Sunday morning, you sh that's a problem. That's a problem in corporate America. You can't wear your faith on your sleeve. I mean, nobody should be obnoxious about it, but you should be able to share it, don't you think? All right. What are we consumed with officially as the government, at least? Ukraine. Nobody in my life personally has ever mentioned Ukraine to me. Uh, no, it's never happened. Uh, by the way, that is Ukraine. Most people could not find it on a map, and uh, I had to brush up myself, but there it is. Hey, I want Ukraine to prevail. I don't like Vladimir Putin. Seems really unjust. Um, one of the reasons why it happened, though, is because America is weak, represented by Joe Biden and this individual, Tony, the Secretary of State, allegedly. One year and one week ago, on February 17th, 2022, I warned this council that Russia was planning to invade Ukraine. I said that Russia would manufacture a pretext and then use missiles, tanks, soldiers, cyber attacks to strike pre-identified targets, including Kyiv, seven days later. On February 24th, 2022, Russia launched its full-scale invasion. So if only we listened to Tony, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But this guy has a habit of saying every statement like it's a question and nobody takes him seriously. It's actually part of the problem. All these officials, all these brainiacs, they knew the invasion was coming, but they talked like mild-mannered, I don't know, uh, people who should not be representing America on the international stage, like Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor. We believe that there is a very distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin will order an attack on Ukraine. Uh, it could take a number of different forms. It could happen as soon as tomorrow or it could take some weeks yet. He doesn't seem to be at all affected by that. That's way before the invasion. It could. It's like he's talking about uh, mild weather coming through. This is the message we are projecting to the world. If you invade, you invade. I mean, whatever happened to don't do it. Don't you even think about doing it? No. And Joe is so chummy, so weirdly chummy with uh, with Ukraine. This is back when he was vice president. He couldn't get enough of this guy, Poroshenko. I mean, he literally could not get enough of him. Three days before he leaves the vice presidency, he goes over there for some quality time with this guy, the previous president, who I think is actually a good guy, 
he has Joe's number. I mean, he knows what he's all about. Um, why was Joe so eager to be friends ongoing? Mr. President, I may have to call you once every couple of weeks just to hear your voice. Uh, it's been going on a long time. Something odd about that. Three days, he wants to stay in touch. Oh, Hunter is making a lot of money in Ukraine, which had the reputation, at least at the time, of being an incredibly corrupt place. Could that have something to do with Joe's interest in the country? Hey, now we're at war. And I don't, well, we are not at war, but there's a war going on. And do you feel like you're being informed about what's actually happening over there? I get little bits and pieces, but I don't get actually official information about territory taken or uh, where we are in the state of play. Uh, Morley Safer in Vietnam. Does anybody, anybody remember, old, old enough to remember this guy? I, I, I learned about him in college. He was on 60 Minutes. I mean, he was there with the troops, embedded with the troops. Um, I was embedded with the troops 20 years ago this spring, uh, rolling into Baghdad. And after the invasion, I kept going back. This was one wild day. This was during the Thunder Run, by the way. There I am uh, trying to figure out what's going on. I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was seeing. I don't get the sense that we're being told everything about what's happening over there. I don't get the sense we're being told why it's happening. Look, it's confusing. I do think a lot of the coverage has been very superficial and strange. I mean, this passes for analysis sometimes, just wearing Ukraine flags. You see, they're all wearing the Ukraine flag. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, again, I want them to win, but I just don't think... And Ukraine also featured in the first impeachment of Donald Trump. Remember that? The phone call between Zelensky and Trump and the transcript. It was totally fine, but um, I don't know. I don't think I'm getting the whole story. Do you? Uh, listen to this. We could end the Ukraine conflict in 24 hours with the right leadership. At the end of my next four years, the warmongers and frauds and failures of the senior ranks of our government We'll all be gone. Music to our ears. I hope and pray that Ukraine prevails. I also hope and pray for peace, right? How about some peace? Peace talks. I think that would be great. And I do believe him. If he were in power, number one, this wouldn't have happened. And if he gets back in power, if the conflict is still, still ongoing, he can bring it to a halt. Joe Biden, he can't do that. They don't respect him. You can tell, actually. <laughs> you can tell. I'll be right back. Lisa Page and her ex-boyfriend now, Peter Strzok. Peter Strzok was an FBI agent. She was a lawyer for the FBI. They no longer work for the FBI. I know Strzok was uh, fired, hopefully Lisa too because they tried to sabotage the presidency of Donald Trump, and they tried to sabotage his 2016 campaign. And here's the proof, everybody. Remember this from Lisa to her boyfriend. Uh, Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right, Peter? No, no, he won't. We will stop it. We'll stop it, huh? How about that? Well, these two have the audacity to sue the government to get their jobs back and they want to depose the president of the United States, President Trump. And a judge has ruled 
that yes, he can be deposed in these lawsuits. Now, one more thing about these detestable characters. They have no regard for the people. Oh, if you voted for Trump or want to vote for Trump, you smell. Look at this text message. Uh, just went to a Southern Virginia Walmart. I could smell the Trump support from Lisa. Yep, out to lunch with so-and-so. We both hate everyone and everything. These two, you got to admit, perfect for each other, right? As far as a romantic couple. Uh, I particularly enjoyed when Donald Trump uh, celebrated their love. Peter Strzok and his lover, Lisa Page. Remember? Lisa, I love you so much. Lisa, please, Lisa, please. I heard that Peter Strzok needed a restraining order to keep him away from his once lover. Ah, Lisa, I hope you miss him. Well, I don't know about the restraining order, if we ever found that out, but uh, those relationships, yeah, very, very dangerous. Lisa and Peter, though, suing to get their jobs back or get back pay. The nerve of these individuals, really. The entitlement. Where could that sense of entitlement have come from? Well, the swamp is very good at the entitlement mentality. I mean, they think they're better than the people they serve. They really do. And they've been saying it over and over again. They are somehow better. Bureaucrats, technocrats, unelected people in government are somehow better than the people. The men and women of the CIA are a national treasure. And the professionalism of the men and women of the U.S. military. The men and women of the Department of Justice. The men and women of the U.S. Coast Guard. The men and women of the Department of Defense. The men and women of the FBI remain committed to protecting the American people, our democracy, and the integrity of our elections. Men and women are just men and women, no matter where they are. Um, in jail, at the Vatican, in the Pentagon, anywhere. Some are good, some are bad. By and large, you do find above-average people in the military, but you find plenty of lowlifes too. Sorry, it's a fact. This kind of arrogance leads to this, right? An abuse of power. And somehow they know more than we do. This is the biggest problem we got right now. An out-of-control permanent class of government. We're in trouble. And I hope Donald Trump gets back in there and addresses it. In the meantime, they are harassing his family. Ivanka and Jared you know, they've been through a lot. <laughs> they helped their father, father-in-law, become president. They wanted to contribute. I wonder if they regret it because their lives have been turned upside down many, many times. And now they've been subpoenaed again. Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner have now been subpoenaed by Justice Department Special Counsel Jack Smith. Special counsel Jack Smith has reportedly ordered them to testify before a federal grand jury. The subpoenas are directly related to the special counsel's investigation into January 6th. January 6th? Yes, we got more on January 6th. They both already testified before the January 6th committee. Ivanka several times. Also, Jared, they both testified. However, there does seem to be some remaining confusion about whether or not Donald Trump called Vice President Mike Pence the P-word. I'm not kidding. They actually spent a lot of time on this in the report. 
page after page. I highlighted the portions where they're actually trying to figure out whether Donald Trump used the P word. You know what the P word is, right? It doesn't matter. I don't know. Yeah, this was a focus of their investigation at one point. The word that she relayed to that the president called the vice president, I apologize for being impolite, but do you remember what she said her father called him? The P word. The P word. The P word. So she says Ivanka told me that she heard her father say the P word. Now, this wasn't just a moment in uh, deposition. They actually put this in the final report. All right. They did. Committee staff, what did she share with you? Uh, this is Radford, her chief of staff at the time. Well, she shared that he had called the vice president a not an expletive word. I think that bothered her. Ooh, committee staff. And the word that she relayed to you that the president called the vice president? Apologize for being impolite. They already know what the word is. But do you remember what she said her father called him? Yeah, Radford, the P word. Uh, <laughs> poor Ivanka. Uh, when the committee asked Ivanka Trump whether there were any particular words that you recall your father using during the conversation that morning with Vice President Pence, she simply answered no. You see, they're trying to get Ivanka. They're trying to show that Ivanka wasn't telling the full and complete truth. OK, if she <laughs> isn't it kind of crazy. And then they they point this out. They say, well, her assistant said that Donald Trump said the P word, but Ivanka doesn't. And then they say the public can ultimately make its own assessment of these issues when it reviews the committee transcripts and can compare the accounts of different witnesses. Right. People are going to look at this phony report and see, okay, the P word. Where is it? Who do I believe about the P word? I, um, she has no reason to lie. She does. A, it's a scandal. This document is a scandal that they wrote it. Government staffers on government paper with government computers. That is the fraud. That is the real crime. I'll be right back. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it. Well, the fake news sat down with Joe Biden, an exclusive interview while he was in Europe. And, uh, you know, what he needs to be asked about that he never gets asked about the laptop. <laughs> you told everybody it was Russian disinformation. And now we know it's true. And anyway, he wasn't asked that. But there were um, a couple of other moments he was asked about uh, running for reelection. I don't think he realizes how bad his answer actually is. He says he hasn't made up his mind, but then he says something else. It's legitimate for people to raise issues about my age. It's totally legitimate to do that. And the only thing I can say is watch me. Yeah, he thinks that like, oh, watch me. I, I do that little that little fake run. No, you fall down a lot. All right. We see you fall down 
And we see you uh, space out, offer crummy answers, and get lost all the time. We've been watching you, and it's not impressive. That is not a good answer anymore. We've been watching you like a hawk, and you're no good at being president. Uh, ooh, the document situation. You know, they found classified documents in his uh, every property he owns. And um, uh, what about that? He wants to talk to his lawyer. No answers for us. He's got to see his lawyer. Can you assure the American people that none of the documents discovered in your garage or at your old office compromised sources or methods or U.S. intelligence? I've been advised by the counsel, let the Justice Department make that decision to not try to alter the case in any way. There have been very few documents that have been confiscated, found in my possession that were in other than I mean, in my possession, meaning in my home, all the stuff that was moved out of my Senate office over the years. I'm told there were a couple things that were from 1973 or 74 documents were marked classified. I don't know of anything, and maybe I don't know of anything that is marked like it was, you know, top secret, highly, you know, et cetera. But I, I, I'm told not to comment on that because I don't even know what they are able to, what, what, what they confiscated. What they confiscated. He let him in and they seized. It's like using the word seized. They confiscated. He's in trouble. I think he's in serious trouble. And his lawyers don't want him talking about it. This is about the third time he said, my lawyer said, don't say anything about this stuff. Uh, and then there was this gibberish. The difference is every single solitary thing I've been asked to do, I've done voluntarily. I've invited the Justice Department to come into every aspect of any place that I had any control of. There, there was no need for search warrants, or no need. Well, what do you need? Just come. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, wherever you want to go, you can go. That was totally different. But that, that one word you used, when you, when you hear about boxes in your garage or in your old office, you, you called the Trump discovery irresponsible. Is there something irresponsible here, though, too? You know, you're a good lawyer, but you're trying to make a, a comparison. What there's degrees of irresponsibility that are they can be significant degrees of responsibility. What the way in which the boxes were packed up from my office, apparently not everything was gone through as meticulously as it should have. But there was no intention. I opened up my home, all my homes. My home was the home of the beach and the home that I, my permanent home. And they spent hours and hours going through everything, personal, everything I had. And that's a fundamentally different thing. There's nothing for me to hide. He is all over the place with this answer, all over the place. They went all over his house and he allowed it as if they were going to, if he didn't offer permission, they weren't going to go in there anyway. You have to understand, you know, what was really meticulous, how Donald Trump handled his documents under lock and key in a specific room at Mar-a-Lago. And unlike Vice President Biden, Donald Trump had declassification authority. He didn't. It's amazing. He's in trouble. All right. Oh, one other thing. The derailment in Ohio. Terrible situation in the National Transportation Safety Board. They're there. They're investigating but they don't sound like they normally do. Uh, take a look. But I can tell you this much. This was 100% preventable. We call things accidents. 
There is no accident. That's not language that the National Transportation Safety Board uses or should use. They're like this analytical, they, they don't offer opinions at this stage. It's political because they're trying to say, oh, Trump uh, loosened the regulations. That's why this accident happened. Oh, by the way, it's not as much about the accident as it is about the anemic response. But this is how the NTSB normally behaves. There was a derailment uh, in 2018 in South Carolina, a big, bad crash. And then they come out with their findings. They present not conclusions, but findings, data. Think of the lady you just heard. And now listen to Mr. Zumwalt. He was the chair at the time. As far as the track itself, uh, we have completed the track measurements and have established uh, the actual point of collision. There is nothing remarkable about the track. Uh, we are continuing the inspection and the documentation of the interior and the exterior of the rail cars, the Amtrak cars, and this will continue for several more days. This is what it's like. It's actually boring when they do these hearings and these briefings, but it's professional. That woman you saw a moment ago, that was political, purely. That is Mark Halk, the pro-life activist who was recently targeted by the Department of Justice. Didn't they have FBI agents raid his house? Anyway, the man has been totally exonerated, and uh, we're going to meet him coming up. Well, they've been at it for a year now. One year. Russia invaded Ukraine a year ago. Um, the U.S., I think, did very little to prevent this war. They could have done more. Tony Blinken was at the U.N. today, uh, being, in my opinion, very weak and uh, all over again. Jake Sullivan, a year ago, just seemed to be happy to predict that there would be a war. Same goes for Joe Biden. I was just so... I mean, he was like, eh, they may invade, they may not, they probably will. What are you going to do? Uh, very crazy, actually, these guys and how kind of at ease they were back then. Rick Grinnell joins us, senior national security analyst with Newsmax, former U.S. ambassador to Germany and former acting director of national intelligence, a cabinet position, uh, ambassador, director, uh, senior national analyst. Welcome. And uh, how are you, first of all, Rick? Greg, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. You bet. So, look, we're a year into this thing. What's your assessment overall? I am uh, I'm deeply pessimistic and depressed about the whole matter. How do you feel? Where did America go wrong if we didn't go wrong? Tell me. Well, look, America obviously needs to be at the forefront of strength, and we need to have uh, peace through strength. What I think we're missing is the peace part. We, we are not putting forward peace uh, alternatives, peace deals, and no one is suggesting that this is an easy thing. But it's pretty outrageous to watch the Chinese put forward a, a peace deal, a draft. Uh, how is this possible that the Chinese have replaced the Americans in putting forward peace deals? Now, we know that the Chinese were clear-eyed about the fact that the Chinese are not serious, that they're causing problems with Taiwan, 
this is not a serious peace deal from them. However, it's got some good points. And what's outrageous to me as someone who's been at the State Department for 12 years is how did we get outmaneuvered? Why are we not the country putting forward some sort of a deal? Uh, you know, again, you, you get participants at the table. You're not presuming that this is an easy thing or, or that we're going to be able to quickly get through a, a diplomatic solution. But we got to try. You got to have pieces of of a deal that you put forward. Anthony Blinken's got a plane. He's got his own plane. He doesn't have to schedule anything from an airlines. He can just get on his own plane and go to all the capitals in Europe and then fly to uh, Russia. He, he should be actively pushing a peace deal. Instead, they're talking about war from the State Department. There's only one option that this Biden team has put forward, which is war and more war and another war is coming and, and gee, it could be World War III. I, I think that we should have a peace deal. And I just see that the State Department has been shoved aside. It's, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. You don't hear it. You don't hear it. There's no peace table to go to. There's always talks going on, it seems, where there should be. Hey, take a look at this. Is President Trump this week, I'm sure you saw his... Uh, his announcement, his thoughts on national security, but this little uh, item, take a look. We could end the Ukraine conflict in 24 hours with the right leadership. At the end of my next four years, the warmongers and frauds and failures of the senior ranks of our government will all be gone. Uh, 24 hours. You know, somehow I actually <laughs> I could see that happening. Look, if he gets back in there, you're probably going to be back in there as well. What's he talking about? How could that work? Look, we, we all know that we wouldn't have had this war in Ukraine if it weren't for uh, Joe Biden. When Donald Trump was in office, remember that the political establishment in Washington, D.C., and all the media said that there would be World War III. And the opposite actually was true. He, Donald Trump brought forward world peace between Arabs and Israelis. The, the exact opposite of what they were saying came true. And so I think that it's pretty uh, well known now that if Donald Trump were in office, Putin wouldn't have invaded. He certainly didn't do it. He did it under Obama. He grabbed Crimea, a portion of Ukraine. Uh, and the Europeans kind of shrugged, didn't do much. Obama didn't do much. And now Putin, uh, as soon as the Democrats came in and dropped the Trump sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, they started to plan for a war and look, look where we are now. So I think what Donald Trump is saying is when he gets back into office, and I believe he will, when he gets back, he's going to clean the bureaucracy of all these people who benefit from war, who like war, and who aren't working towards peace. That should start with the State Department. The State Department should be filled with people who are aggressive diplomats, not this culinary diplomacy that Tony Blinken is talking about, where we sit around and sip wine and, and have meals. He literally said, good diplomacy starts with a meal. No, it doesn't. It starts with good ideas. And it starts with diplomats who are tough and putting forward America first ideas, not apologizing or trying to do consensus with the Europeans. We need to put forward ideas that are good for America. And that's what the State Department will be under Donald Trump. If I could, yeah, Tony Blinken, by the way, what is up with that guy? His, you ever notice that everything he says sounds like a question? He never, he's never declarative. He's never, you, you got to have a tough guy in there, right? I mean, part of it is uh, the demeanor. And I think this, he's a wimp is what I'm trying to say. 
Well, Greg, you know that he was the deputy to Susan Rice. That's how he got the job. Susan Rice put him there at st the State Department. He used to be the deputy under the Obama administration. So he does ask questions. He asks questions of Susan Rice. Susan Rice, who wanted to be the Secretary of State, now has her deputy running the State Department. So she's really running the State Department. By the way, her other deputy was Avril Haines, who is running our intelligence agencies. Wow. And now Susan Rice is not only running the intelligence community and the State Department, but the country, a lot of us believe, along with Barack Obama. It's amazing. Rick Grinnell, thank you so much. Uh, great to see you tonight. To be continued, and we'll be right back. Well, this is a very happy day. That was in this picture for Mark Halk. Um, the pro-life activist with his family, this is the day he was acquitted of what I believe were trumped-up federal charges. The feds came after him for a pushing incident, a pushing incident. We actually have the moment of the push. This happened outside an abortion clinic in 2021. Now, what isn't obvious here is that uh, Mr. Halk's 12-year-old son had just been harassed by the guy who got pushed down. Anyway, it was a pushing incident, and guess who got involved? the FBI. Here's a picture of them showing up at Mr. Halk's house one morning to arrest him. Uh, I've heard about this case. I've been fascinated by it. And now we meet Mark Halk himself, sir. Welcome to the show. And, um, and I'm so glad this worked out for you. How are you? Well, thanks, Greg. I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. So, look, I know the Reader's Digest version of this story. What time did the FBI show up at the house, first of all? Right. It was uh, 645 in the morning. It was still dark in September 23rd, Friday after, uh, morning. Did you have any tip off that they were coming? You know, was, was the government in touch with your lawyers? Were charges in the works or anything like that? No, we had uh, initial contact in April when I was given a target letter. Uh, and basically my attorney, Matt Heffron, with the Thomas More Society, former federal prosecutor, said, uh, look, you have no case. My client's innocent. There's case law even in your own district against uh, uh, you uh, indicting him. But should you want to indict him, no need to bring an agent out to his house. He's a peaceful man. We'll bring him right to you. And that was the last time we talked to the, uh, the DOJ in Philadelphia. Next thing we know, we had the 20-plus agents and state troopers at our house with M16s pointed at us. All right. They rang the doorbell. You guys answered. I mean, tell us a little bit about the raid itself, or if we can call it a raid. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it doesn't look like they're breaking down the door, but they are in that tactical armor. What, what was that like? What happened? The doorbell rings, or they knock on it? What happens next? Sure. At 6.45, there's just banging on the door and repeated uh, ringing of the doorbell with the loud just open up. They didn't even announce who they were. I was uh, in the kitchen prepping for a homeschool co-op day, and I came to the door and I said, well, who is it? And they said, it's the FBI, and they banged again. And I said, okay, stay calm. I'm going to open up the door. The pictures you see there are about 25 minutes after the initial banging on the door. Wow. Um and this, by the way, they accuse you of violating the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances. And I know this was litigated. The jury, uh, was it a jury trial, by the way? Yeah, 12 jurors, correct. Um, they agreed with you. I mean, it seems like you're entitled to an apology. We'll get to that in a moment. But can you tell us what we're looking at in this video outside of the, uh, of the facility uh, back in 2021? 
Sure. This is 12th and Locust in Center City, Philadelphia. This is right in front of the Planned Parenthood. The gentleman who I pushed there is an escort for Planned Parenthood. It's about 50 feet from the entrance of the facility. As you can see, there was no women coming in and out of that facility at that time, and he was badgering my son. I had repeatedly asked him to stop, uh, which, which he did not, uh, ultimately leading to, to me escorting him back to where he normally stands and then him coming right back at my son, badgering him again. And that's when the push takes place. If I could take a look at the picture when you were... Uh acquitted by the jury. Uh, what was that like? Were you worried? I mean, you face serious jail time. 11 years, three years uh, supervised probation, $350,000. Yeah, we were worried, you know, but at the same time, we put our trust in God and we just saw the opportunity for what it was that we were here for pro-life America. They wanted to humiliate us, intimidate us, scare us, scare pro-life America. But we risked, um, you know, trial because we wanted to get case law. They offered us a plea, Greg, two weeks on before the trial on January 6th of all dates. Uh, we refused that plea. That was basically a slap on the wrist because we were innocent and uh, we wanted to risk uh, this for the pro-life movement. Is it kind of uh, strange for you? It is for me. I mean, the FBI, I grew up, you know, oh, the FBI, they're great. You saw those on TV. Today's FBI, they're great. But they're not so great anymore. They're the arm of tyrants. I, that's how I kind of see it. Have you made that adjustment? How are you with the FBI and the federal government at this point? You have a right to have a hell of a lot of grievances. Well, we, we're going to pursue action there. Uh, we're seeking counsel. Civil rights action. We'll be testifying before Congress next month, and we'll be uh, helping in any way we can. The biggest thing is my children uh, were the victims, and they thought that uh, officers and law enforcement people are heroes and virtuous people, uh, and they arrest bad guys. But on that day, they, they arrested their father, so they're confounded by, by all this and think that they can't understand this. So um, of all the people who need an apology, it would be my my wife and children. Wow. Seven of them. Uh, the King's Men. Check out thekingsmen.org. My understanding is it's a faith-based organization to spiritually mentor young Catholic men. How long have you been doing? How long has that been around? And, and is there anything else we should know? Yeah, we've been around for 20 years and it's all men, not just young men and, and men of all walks of faith. But uh, 20 years we've been doing it. Well, terrific. For more information, you can go to thekingsmen.org, and we'll be watching those congressional hearings in just a little bit. Uh, Mark Halk, in my opinion, you're a hero, and I'm so glad this turned out the way it did. Well, thank you, brother. God bless you and your audience. Thank you, sir. All the best. We'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. You know, we were deplatformed by DirecTV. We so appreciate your help in fighting for freedom of speech. They penalized us because we're a conservative network. We lean conservative. This is a free country. It's okay to do that, but they say it's not. Uh, if you want to help us, you can call these numbers. Let them know how you feel. You can also go to IWantNewsmax.com. We so appreciate your support, uh, you and a lot of folks on Capitol Hill, too have been coming to uh, Newsmax's defense. So appreciated. And one more. 
item of business, if you don't mind. My book is available wherever books are sold. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. You know, you may like the media criticism portion of this show. There's a lot of that in the book. I call it the war on truth. Many thanks for your consideration. I'll see you next week.